Hi, I'm Reverend Norm Bouchard, Senior Minister of Center for Spiritual Living here in Colorado Springs. Welcome to our service. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We're excited to share with you today's service and we invite you to let others know about our service as well and the inspiration that it brings in your life. You are joining with hundreds of other people from all around the world who gather virtually to be a part of our community. So I invite you to sit back, open up your heart, and enjoy our service. I'll be back with you at the end of our service to share with you other ways to uplift and create the best life yet. Enjoy our service. Thank you to our wonderful music team. Aren't they great? So today, well, for the month of March, our talks will be Opportunities Abound. And um, I've had some wonderful opportunities already this morning. I know you guys may get tired of hearing about my trials before I talk. It's okay, you're going to hear it again. <laughs> so, you know, you get together for these talks, and I had my little bullet points and all this kind of thing, and... I came in this morning to print it off, and I was just going to put it up here in case I needed to check out something. And guess what wasn't on my computer? You got it, my bullet points. So as our practitioner, Michael, prayed for this morning, the words are going to come from God, because <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Millie didn't have a bullet points this morning. So opportunities abound for the month of March. And today's topic particularly is creating opportunity. So I have a little backstory on creating opportunity. I knew that this talk was coming up. I've known it for a couple of weeks. And I was trying to figure out what am I going to talk about, about creating opportunity. I mean, we could talk about all sorts of things. There's a lot to talk about, about creating opportunity. And um, so last week, I went to Costco. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Went to Costco and came back, and I'm standing in the kitchen preparing my vegetables. I'm like, okay, what am I going to talk about for Sunday? You know, this, nothing has come to me yet. And I didn't want to do this last minute. It doesn't matter. I left, I'd lost my notes anyway, but it, you know. So this, this thought, like spirit, just tapped me on the shoulder and said, well, here is a talk topic for you. And let me share it with you. Our vision, a world that works for everyone. So for creating opportunities, the opportunity I would like to create is a world that works for everyone. Now, for some of you, this may not be original because it is the vision of our movement. But there's a particular reason why this resonated with me, and I was really glad the Spirit gave me this topic. And so I don't usually have videos, but this time I do. And I want you to watch this, and then we will discuss creating a world that works for everyone. We, as the Asian community, are under attack. With the news of the coronavirus, we see an uptick in fear of people who look like this. Every disease has ever came from China. It's disgusting. 
差不多要了起码七到八十八成这样子。那我们餐馆没有人得这个病，完了我们这里恰恰他没有人得这个病啊。That's just xenophobia. If we divide it, the virus went. This coronavirus has killed over a thousand people now. It initially started from Wuhan, China, and it has spread across the world. With this virus, there's now a worrying trend, and that is the increasing discrimination against Chinese people, and sometimes simply against people who look Chinese. Every disease has ever came from China. It's a fucking disgusting. That's the Chinese. They can't even wipe their own. I'm breathing this, and I'm breathing everything that the fucking they bring. He would gesture towards me and then say, "They're dirty." I consciously thought we, the Asian community, are under attack. There was nowhere I could go. I was born and raised in LA. I love this city. I love the diversity, and. This really came as a surprise and as a shock to me. It's not about whether I'm Chinese or not. It's the fact that he made a choice to damn me and to damn Chinese people because of his fears. If you're from China, I need to know. Anyone from China, I am told, has to be picked up and quarantined for two weeks. If you're gonna keep giving me a hard time, you can find someplace else to go. Okay, so what do you think? Fear is horrible. What else? <laughs> Corona fear. <laughs> so, as you can see, we have a lot of work to do. We have a huge amount of work to do. The one lady that spoke in there and said that he decided to let his fear direct his words in that, you know, and his hatred toward the Asian community and the Asian community um, there. Businesses are suffering because of fear of coronavirus. It never occurred to me not to go and eat Chinese food because of coronavirus. It just did not occur to me. That is a total knee-jerk reaction. So it's not a problem. It's an opportunity to make a change. We live in a world in the United States. We live in the United States. And although we are supposedly the richest country in the world, I don't know. I really don't know that because fear is so prevalent. Fear and hatred, divide, is so prevalent in our world. We're here, those of us that are sitting in this room and maybe listening online. If you have any teachings at all in this philosophy, you know that we are all one. We're one in God. We're one spirit. We're one expression. All people, no exceptions. But the fracture is so deep until people just can't see that. 
So the world is not working for everyone. When our children, or when there are children being separated from their parents at the border, and the parents don't know if they will ever see them again, the world is not working for everyone. When there are children, men and women, who are unarmed and gunned down in their communities, some by police, and disproportionately in the African-American community, our world is not working for everyone. Minimum wage does not pay for a place to live, food to eat, or health insurance. So, so many people are waiting until the very last minute in their illnesses, they may not know how ill they are, but they're kind of waiting until the very last minute before they go to a hospital. They have to go to the emergency room because they can't afford healthcare, just a basic need. They don't have a doctor, so they go there and they're extremely ill. So our world is not working for everyone. And when our children are learning fire drills and active shooter drills, the world is not working, y'all. It's just not working for everyone. Synagogues, mosques are being bombed. People are being shot in groups by automatic rifles from somebody that just wants to. It's, the world is not working. So what is ours to do? It's not a problem, it's an opportunity to make a change. And the thing is, are we willing to work at making this change so that the world works for everyone? It's overwhelming to even think about it. What can we do as a person? First thing we can work on is transcending hate. Transcend fear. and embrace love. So that sounds all good and flowery, sounds very science of mind, doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds like something we would say. Because we're like that. I went to the um, convention a couple of weeks ago now, and what came out of that convention was fear, anxiety, right within our community. There's so much for us to do. And we're, sometimes it seems like we're kind of overwhelmed with what is ours to do. Because we can live in our community, we can be right here, we can be in this bubble called CSL, Colorado Springs, or whatever community you belong to. It's very comfortable. We know we're comfortable. We're, you know, I mean, you could look out in the parking lot and see we're comfortable. There's some nice vehicles out there. My Tesla's not out there yet, but there are some very nice vehicles. <laughs> You know, so it's what's up to it's up to us as a people to transcend hate. It has to start somewhere. It this fracture has to be healed. There's like there's like there are huge cracks. Just imagine huge cracks in the surface of the earth. This needs to be healed. How can we heal it? How can we take care of it? How can we transcend the hate that is so prevalent in our community? 
Love is one, yes. I'll tell you, I, I, I had to give this a lot of thought. Why, why did that video touch me in such a place, in such a way, that I thought, there's a talk in there. Yeah, yeah. Here's what's happening. So now there is another group of people that are being targeted with fear and hatred because of the coronavirus. Here's a little news flash. Coronavirus is not new. It is not new. Does anybody not know that? This is not new. This mutant strain is new. It's like a flu. The flu changes. The strain mutates, right? It gets worse. So this is what the coronavirus is like. This is what has happened. And historically, they don't know why it's happened. But the coronavirus that has been brought into our country has been brought here by Americans that have been out. Some have traveled. There was a place in California, um, a long-term care facility. They don't know why two people tested positive for the uh, coronavirus, the, what did they call it, the 19 or something? I love this community. Yeah, that. So, <laughs> you know, and they, they're trying to figure out why and how this happened in this community. So they've just quarantined the entire place, no visitors in, nothing. But yet, the Asian community is being targeted with this hate. Who knew? I didn't think so. I didn't think that would happen. So our work, first step, is to transcend hate. I love this. <laughs> and again, I'll tell you why. Um, you know, I'm from the Pentecostal church. And I can't tell you how many times we prayed for people to go to hell. <laughs> Reverend Millie, they didn't do that. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, it happens. It's still happening. You can see from that video, it's happening, right? And I thought about something that, that came to me that touched me deeply about the children that are being taken away from their parents at the borders. It was this. I cannot imagine my child, although my children are adults now, being taken, and I don't know where they are or what has happened to them, or my grandchildren, I cannot imagine something happening with them, someone snatching them and taking them. And I think that sometimes we don't pay enough attention to things that are going on in the world because it has not affected us personally. Or we have such high consciousness, this won't happen. That's not true. This is indiscriminate. This sort of thing can happen in any community. Any community can be touched by rage, by hate, by the things that are going on outside of our comfort zone. And so it's time for us to take the blinders off, remove the rose-colored glasses, and decide on how we're going to transcend this trend of hate that is going on in our country. Is there anyone who can deny that this is not happening? Anybody? Raise your hand. Good. No liars in the group. You know, 
This is happening. And so what, what is ours to do? Hatred is the most destructive force on earth. It does the most damage to those who harbor it. Because they take out that and they take it out into our communities. And people in our communities are affected by this hatred. Love, friendship, and respect do not unite people as much as a common hatred for something. That's a shame. That is an absolute shame, you know. So for me, I want to say this one thing. You know, the guy on the video was saying, go back to your country. You bring all this stuff over here. It's your fault. Now, I don't know about some of you, but I'm going to say that it's probably safe to say that 99.9% .9 of the people in this room and who are listening to me online and who you run into every day had ancestors that came over here on a boat. Don't tell me to go back to my country. You go back to yours. All right? You know? And why do people come over here? They come over here because they're looking for a better way of life. If you think that this is not going to continue to happen, no matter what the activity is on our borders, you are naive. It's going to happen. People are looking for a better way of life. That's why they come over here. That's why your ancestors came over here. They wanted to come over for a better opportunity, for more. And yes, some of them, you know, we got in our little communities and we began to discriminate against others. But it's still, if the land that we are on right now, the United States, will still be a territory if it was not taken from the Native Americans. So everyone here has some link to immigration. You're not special. It's not okay to discriminate. It's not okay to take children from their parents and they not know what happened to them. This happened to my ancestors. And this is not something that I want to experience in my own life. Somewhere hundreds of years ago, there was someone that wished they could find their daughter, their husband, their son again. And they never knew what happened to them. My family, personally, my father's side can be traced back to his great, great, maybe great grandfather who came in through Ellis Island. Why can that happen? because he was the slave owner, you know? It's a lot of mixing of the races. And what happened before then, we don't know. My mother's side, don't know. We have no idea where she came from. I just love listening to so many people talk about they went back to their homeland and where they're from and where their great-grandparents were from and all this kind of stuff. I don't know where I'm from, okay? I did 23 and me, and it just, I was just all over the globe. So you're looking at a world trout gene traveler here. <laughs> so we know that hatred can, you know, can make people like just cling together and they can talk about it and all the things that, you know, they hate. 
I hate this, I hate that, I hate that, I don't like that. We can transcend hatred by tolerance and knowledge, not by knee-jerk reactions and ignorance. There we go, my first quote, you experience it. When I saw that video, I had a knee-jerk reaction. I'm just being transparent. It's like, really, seriously? I mean, that's, that's, just, that's not okay to treat people like that. Did I lose a battery? <laughs> Next. <laughs> okay. Hatred and fear blind us. We no longer see, a, see each other. We see only the faces of monsters, and that gives us the courage to destroy each other. When I saw that, I saw a lot of faces of, of monsters, and I thought, you know, I don't know if the young lady he was yelling at had done anything to him, but maybe she should have throat punched him. He would have had a reason. <laughs> Reverend Millie, did you say that on platform? I did. <laughs> I did. So I'm just saying, though, um, <laughs> I just want to raise you guys up a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's something that fear causes. Fear causes the hatred. Fear feeds the hatred. And why isn't my clicker working? Okay. Transcend. Hmm? Because you're a rock star. So, transcend fear. It's scary sometimes to step out. You know, I usually don't have a problem once I get here. But before now... Like, I couldn't sleep last night, you know? I told you, I know I tell you guys this all the time. You're just going to have to listen. <laughs> you know, but first, another thing we can do is try transcending fear. And let me tell you a little story about fear. Now, this is about the master teacher, okay? You guys know who he is. You know Jesus. You heard about him? Okay. So... The disciples were following Jesus, and Peter was very zealous. He was, oh, I love you. Yes, I praise your name. I will follow you to the ends of the earth, no matter what. Though they slay me, I will follow you. Jesus turned around to Peter and said, you know, before the night is over, you're going to deny me three times. He said, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Not me, Lord. No. So he began to see the persecution that Jesus was going through, right? The beatings, being spit on, ridiculed. And two or three people who were, who saw him, asked him, weren't you with Jesus? Weren't you with the man Jesus? It's like, no, no, not me. You know, they probably had swords, and, you know, he was afraid for his life. And they asked him about this. Another group, maybe some soldiers, who knows. But by the, by the end of the night, he had denied Jesus three times. And this was because of fear. He had seen all that Jesus had done and followed his teachings. He was a disciple. 
and yet he denied him. This is what fear does, and this is what fear does to us, who are religious scientists, and we can do a little something at, you know, to help transcend this fear. I would love to say that I'm not afraid of anything. And, you know, probably some things. But just living in fear is not a life that I choose. I do not choose to live in fear. Next. <laughs> Love. This is what our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, has to say. Love overcomes both hate and fear. However, love does not overcome hate and fear through controversy, argument, or force. But by a subtle power of transformation, transmutation, and sublimation, it is invisible in its essence, but apparent through its act. As light overcomes the darkness, as the presence of heat causes the temperature of a room to warm until it is comfortable, so the radiant action of love and peace dissipates fear, hatred, and confusion. Love is the victor in every case. Love breaks down the iron bars of thought, shatters the walls of material belief, severs the chain of bondage which thought has imposed, and sets the captive free. There are a lot of captives today. So many people living in fear and hatred. You know, well, that's what they get. They came to our country. Seriously. If you think people are, are going to stop crossing that border, forget it. Because what you see and what we should all see and what we all are is indivisible in spirit. We are one expression of the divine. There is no separation. Black, white, Asian, I don't care what and who you are. That is your brother and sister down there at those borders crying for their children. This is your brothers and sisters who are walking in neighborhoods and being shot just because they're black. These are your brothers and sisters who are being gunned down in schools, in churches, in synagogues, in mosques. It's not okay. Love is the answer. And in this room, there is a collective group of lights that can raise the vibration of this world to that of a state of peace. But we have to be able to live it, to be it, to show it. We can't seemingly save the world, but we can do what we can do. There are so many aspects of this, so many aspects of things that are going on in the world right now. But what you can do is you can definitely pray. You can lead, you can live a life by principle and by spiritual practices, okay? So let him who would move the world first move himself. And what do we say about that? Treat and move your feet. 
you know, so it's easy for us to set up and say, oh, that's a shame, or not really be affected too much by what is going on down at the borders. I haven't heard too much about it from people. I don't hear anybody say, oh, that's a shame, or what can we do, or how can we support? You know, I mean, really, what can we do about this? Let's create a world to, that works for everyone. The distress is being felt in our community, in our organization. Yes, we want to keep it high, we want to keep it elevated, but there is a distress that is being felt because there is so much more pain in the community, in the different communities in the world. So it's up to us to do this. And we can do this by living the principles, the principle of oneness. We're undivided, we're complete in and of the, our, ourselves, in and of each other. Every time I come up here, I say, I see me looking back at me. If you turn to a person and look at them right now, just accept them as I am. God said that's what his name was. That's what its name was. I am that I am. Look at I am sitting next to you. I am that I am. There is no separation of the I am. Okay? When you look at the person sitting next to you, you are looking in a mirror. And think about that when you look at people. And when you think of, if, if you think of, someone as less than you or you're better than, just remember when you're looking at them, you're looking at yourself. And if you look at them and you think you're better than they are, it's because you don't have a very high opinion of yourself. Okay? So oneness. And then love, self-givingness. There's a lot to do in social justice, social action, there are communities that could be supported, organizations that are supporting people, the homelessness that is going around. You know, there are organizations that's trying to support people. I was thinking about all the signs that I see, help wanted signs. And I think some of those help wanted signs are, vac are positions that have been open by people who were taking our jobs. You understand what I'm saying? They're taking our jobs. So people are afraid. One community of people are afraid, they left. And the people that are left here are not willing to mop floors, wash dishes, bus tables, mow the lawn. You know, they're not doing it. There was a time I used to be able to get a kid I'd just give myself some time if I wanted to have my lawn mowed. I'd just wait until one of the kids came by in the neighborhood and told me how much he would charge me to mow my lawn once a week. That doesn't happen anymore. Yet we have help wanted signs, young people and kids not working while they sit at home and live off their parents and play on their $1,400 phones. They're taking our jobs, really? Think about this. We have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of love to express in order to elevate the vibration of this planet. Spiritual laws, universal spirit, 
maintains harmony and balance. We're a little out of balance. We need to bring the balance back. What can we do? Think about that this week. What is mine to do? What can I do to help make a change? How can I change somebody's life? I'm not talking about enabling. I'm just talking about what can you do? Who can you support? What organization can you help with? Can you go down and feed the hungry? Can you um, donate to the food bank? What can you do in order to make a difference for people who don't have as much as you have, who may be sleeping out on the streets? What can you do? Handing them money is not necessarily the answer. I don't think it is. But what else can you do for people who are seeking to get out of where they are? Freedom is the birthright of every individual. And just remember, it's time for us to elevate our spiritual practices. If you don't have a spiritual practice, let me point some out for you. Meditation, prayer, affirmative prayer, treatment, as we call it. Um, just being in that place of prayer, always for a better world. What can we do? Pray for answers. Get out and vote. There are things that you can do. Help someone else. There are things that you can do that can make the world a better place if you're seeking to do that. And we should be doing that next. <laughs> I just thought that this was cute. It really touched my heart. Because it's true. We're all here. We're all here to just be one. We're here to create this world that works for everyone. Are you willing to do the work that it will take to make a world that works for everyone? Yes. Are you willing? Yes. Next. The God in me honors the God in you. Let us pray. And so right here, right now, I know. I know that God is all that there is. God is everywhere present. There's absolutely no place where God is not. What I know to be true is that spirit does not have anywhere to go. Spirit just is. God is. God is the essence of everything, of all things, of all sentient beings. We're all a, part, all a part of this oneness. We all deserve to live in a place of peace, safety, love, abundance, and enoughness. We absolutely deserve love. We deserve to know that we are cared for. And that when we see our brothers and sisters that are down, and maybe they don't have a way to make a way, I know that there's a way that can be made for them. And I know that we are a part of being that way. And so it is up to us to just elevate ourselves to a point of heartfelt love 
and care and compassion for those who have less, for those who do not have enough. How can we serve? We can always pray. We can always meditate. We can always know that God is right with each and every one. And no matter what the journey, no matter what journey the soul is on, our journey becomes a response to theirs, how we react to what we see. Do we show love? Do we pray? Do we ask Spirit's guidance and showing us how we can do, what we can do to help? How we can make a difference in someone's life? How can we can absolutely create this world and create it in a way that it works for everyone? And so for this, I am absolutely grateful for. I know right now that as we join in heart, as we join absolutely from that heart space, we are guided by spirit. We're guided in that love. We're guided in peace. We're guided in a direction in which to go to make that difference. And I'm so absolutely grateful. I'm so grateful right now. I just say thank you already. I am grateful right now for each and every person that steps outside of their own comfort zone in order to be a part, a participant in creating comfort for someone else. And so I say thank you, God. Thank you, Spirit. And with that, I just release this prayer. I release it unto the law, knowing that it is good and very good. And together we affirm by saying, so it is. And let's sing together. Where God lives, moves and breathes, and has its being. I'm the place where God shows up. I'm the place where God lives, moves and breathes, and has its being. I'm the place where God shows up. So we come to a part of our service where everyone can participate, those online can participate, and I have a message from Reverend Norm, although he's not here today, I don't want you guys to like attack the messenger, 
But he said that last week, since there weren't as many people here, con contributions were down. So he said, you know, tell them that Reverend Norm said they need to make up for last week. So I'm just saying, it's just a messenger, okay? So let's say our affirmation together. I joyfully celebrate the flow of God through me. I am grateful for receiving and giving to my spiritual community. I give thanks, always knowing God is my source, and so it is. I hope you enjoyed our service and the message today. Thank you for attending today. We here at Center for Spiritual Living have a big, hairy, audacious goal, and it's to bring inspiration and positivity and to be the change we want to see in the world. But we need your help. By clicking on the donate button, your donation today will help empower us to take these powerful principles that have changed so many lives out into the world. Imagine living your best life without guilt or fear or hell or damnation. What if you knew that you are perfect just the way you are? You are filled with such goodness. What we know is that you have a spirit in you expressing itself uniquely as you. That's a message that our world so needs to hear at this time. I thank you for your donation. I also encourage you to check out some of our life courses here on the website. These incredible courses will give you the tools that you need to transform and continue to grow spiritually. You can do these courses at your own pace and you'll be joining with hundreds of others who have said yes to expanding their lives. Thank you for being with us today. We look forward to your next visit with us.